back to the 41st episode of the Holly Oaks podcast, which I think we've had on pause for six years now. Something so. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, I am here with my partner in crime, the Sienna to my Warren. I miss Lindsay Amanda. What up, good? Yeah, what's up? How have you been doing? I mean, I just found out that I killed Brody, so I'm a little <laughs> confused because I don't understand why. <laughs> right? Well, I guess I guess we'll know later, right? Because that's the whole point of this particular podcast for the most part. Well, <laughs> my question to you, since, you know, I reached out to you and told you, oh, Brody's dead? You already knew. So when did you find out and how are you feeling about missing Brody? I've known about it for a while. Um, I, I accidentally found out about it and I was like, ah, fuck, really? <laughs> and, and then it was just like, you know what, maybe it'll, maybe it'll, you know, help the story out a little bit. It hasn't really. You, you saw maybe an episode or two or Sienna in this past month and a half. So it's not so it's not like it, you know, helped the story out too much. I mean, like, it might have helped it. We're actually watching past stuff, too, but we majority watched future stuff this time about, or, like, this time stuff. So I honestly don't care. He was pretty, but that's about the extent of, what Brody was used for besides Sienna stuff. And now that she doesn't have him anymore, I'm kind of curious what they're going to do with her now. Now that Summer's gone too. So. <laughs> yeah, I was confused because I saw an episode where Sienna was telling Warren that she was interested in him. And I was a little confused because I'm like, well, what about Brody? And I'm also confused by Warren and Maxine being together. That just does not work. So I, I don't get that. Well, either. they've been together before, and they've spent most of the past almost year together. So I'm not really surprised. <laughs> yeah, it still doesn't work. <laughs> like, that's my point. I'm like, that's a strange couple. No, just break them up. So um, that made sense when I found out about Brody's death today. And the background to the listeners. So I was trying to get a read of who all died in the uh, explosion. And I found a wiki page with list, which lists all of the deaths in Hollyoaks. And I saw, you know, the thing about Marnie. Because that's, that's the one I wanted to confirm. Because Marnie had said something about a head injury. And I was like, I wonder if she's the third death. So I didn't want to wait. So I just Googled it and, and found the wiki. And I was like, oh, it's Marnie. I knew it. And then I scrolled up a little bit and I was like Brody's dead <laughs> and then that helped me ex understand something else because in the new stuff Warren was talking to someone maybe the new I don't know if she's a lawyer or a cop lady I think she's a lawyer or a counselor I'm confused by what Mrs. Chen Williams I guess does I think uh, Warren said something to her about um having to kill his best friend and I thought who in the world is he talking about and then when I saw the news about Brody I was like oh he was talking about Brody I guess <laughs> I'm like what so yeah so it's, it's interesting and as Lynn's just said so 
I, you know, we intend this to be a uh, visitation of uh, the Hollywoods that we have not seen from, you know, like this summer to uh, winter. Um, but also we're going to be uh, covering the new stuff happening on the show as well. Uh, for this initial podcast, we're mostly going to be focusing on uh, the new stuff because we saw Christmas time all the way through the explosion. Uh, but for future podcasts, we'll likely have some past stuff post-credits for y'all. So, yeah. Back to Brody. I remember not liking him at all at the beginning. But then, Oh, I love the shit out of him. Yeah, you and, <laughs> you and I were opposite on that. But then... I liked his relationship with Damon. I thought that was really cool. And I think there was a little break in us watching Hollyoaks. And when we came back in, he was with Sienna. And I actually thought that worked. So um, I'm surprised that he's gone in one respect. In another respect, I'm not mad at any actor you know, leaving soaps right now. We got COVID-19 out here. Most, you know global forces that are business-minded are acting like shrug protection from COVID. Why is that important? So anytime, you know, I'm hearing that somebody's leaving, I'm thinking, well, I hope that they are being COVID safe and not being in this public so they don't get this damn disease, right? I'm concerned about, you know, the development of story, but I'm more concerned about people protecting their health uh, more than anything else. So, um, you know, Brody's going to definitely be a strange loss, but if that means Sienna can get more and back from Maxine, who I do not like him with, works for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure that's going to happen, but, you know. Of course it's going to happen. It she could. got two of his babies. Come on now. You know Warren is a thing. That doesn't mean anything. Like I said, they've been together for almost a year. I don't mean shit. <laughs> yes, but Sienna and Warren have chemistry. Maxine and Warren do not. Never gonna laugh. <laughs> probably Never, not, ever, ever. but at the same, yeah, probably not. But. You know who I liked her with, and surprisingly, I liked her with Damon. I thought they were cute together. I I thought that worked. Cause yeah, he, but but that's not gonna happen either, cause he's with Liberty right now. So. Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, new, and Liberty new, have that child. <laughs> yeah, new Liberty is fine. So I don't know. Maybe Maxine needs to go visit her mom. I don't know. You know, I, I haven't really liked Maxine since Mitzi left. So, and you know, then you know that never-ending story of it's Patrick like, and. Oh yeah, it's God. like she she could. I wouldn't have been against her going with her mom to yeah. go live with Missy. Yeah, because that's what she did. I remember, you know, you know, Maxine has just been involved in too many polarizing stories for me, so I can't anymore. And it's like the show has totally forgot that she used to be unable to read. Now she can just do everything, and we we've totally forgotten about her uh, learning disability. But whatever. And hey, I'm gonna switch gears real quick. So, um, did you catch that beat where apparently John Paul is an alcoholic? I miss. I'm like, what? When? What? He is. I, I'm where we're at in story. I'm watching some stuff where he's like being overly violent for for no reason. Well, I guess they gave him a reason. So, yeah. What do you think about that? I thought that was interesting because Silver. Of course, I got that from that conversation Silver had with him, and I was like, Oh, John Paul is getting in the drink now. Okay. Don't care. 
I guess like, how are you feeling about, I don't know if we've talked about this previously, how are you feeling about how Leoke's under Lucy Allen's tenure so far? I think some people were really worried about how the show would fare under, you know, after Brian Kirkwood left. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I feel like I've spent so long being disappointed in Kirkwood's second run that I I haven't really been looking... Like, I've been surprised when Haleos is good, but not devastated when it's bad. I think, yes. you know, when, when <laughs> I first started watching, you know, the first couple of years I watched the show was so good that when it wasn't, it felt like so bad. I go, oh, what is happening to my show? Now I'm just kind of like, man, mm-hmm. whatever. If it's good, if, if it's good. If it's not, I'll fast forward to a scene that doesn't get on my nerves. But um, Lucy Allen, I think there there was buzzing that she might be one of the worst things that happens to the show. But I don't feel that way so far. What are you thinking? I have no issues with the stuff that I've seen so far. I mean, like, there's a little glitchy bit, sure. But, I mean, like, I've, I've seen nothing that makes me want to, you know, hurl my TV or anything. You know, it's it's fine. For right now, um, people, it's like she's no Ian McLeod. If that's if that's what right. you're asking, but uh, but yeah, it's like I have absolutely no issues with what I've seen so far, except for maybe a few little glitchy things. But I mean, like they're giving, I mean, like they're giving characters love interests that you wouldn't expect. They're bringing in a new family that's actually a really cool family that I have no issues with except for maybe Ethan. Um, and and even him particularly minding. They're giving Sid something to do besides cry. Um, <laughs> besides cry about his leg, which is nice. Uh, you know, uh, I think the one glitch I've seen so far that I really truly hated was the Maya Ethan storyline. I I I I'm glad that I've only saw two weeks of that, but we still have another two and a half months of it to watch. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like so far it's been pretty good. I mean, like they closed down the hutch, which was kind of sad, but you know. I was happy to see it. And, you know, I was happy to see it because, you know, Tony's lost enough businesses and he's brought himself back up from them. So it's not like, you know, plus he owns the pub now. So, or not owns, but he's renting the pub now. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, hey, do what you do. And it's just like, I think she's doing a good job right now, but... In the defense of every producer we've seen, their starts were good, and then it went to crap. Like that definitely (laughs) wasn't the case later. That definitely wasn't the case for Sean O'Connor. It did not take his behind six months to. Oh no! It it took like two weeks, weeks, two days. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was watching Hollyoaks in O. 09010. Now, I know our show didn't start till uh, 2020, so up to till 2012. So I'd have to, I don't even know if I was blogging on Tumblr 
about the show back then, so I don't remember anything that I did not <laughs> like. Um, oh, she introduced Cheryl Brady. So I know I was watching that. Oh, them. okay. Never mind. And yep. she brought back Jake Dean. So yeah, I watched that. She, yeah, okay, I was not yeah. Mad at that. Never mind. Okay. Never mind. She was fine. Yep. <laughs> Agreed. Yes. I'm on uh, the Wikipedia I, I page. Couldn't, I, couldn't remember, I couldn't remember when she started and who she brought in and stuff. Mm -hmm. But but now that you said she brought in the Brady's and stuff like that. Yeah. That was a pretty uh that was a pretty goodishly mm -hmm interesting time <laughs> yes and her bringing back jake was excellent uh he brought she brought back jake for a little storyline and that was good uh as well so yeah she didn't bring in both brady she brought in cheryl and we love cheryl so mm -hmm. yes okay yeah i'm i'm not bothered. like i feel like with lucy allen's tenure she's basically doing just about the same as all the other producers right now which is you know like i don't feel like any show is giving us like the absolute best, um, except EastEnders has had some moments, Emmerdale has had some moments, and actually, I thought an episode of Two of Hollywoods was really solid, mostly uh, surrounding Mizba and how she's been talking about this sexual assault at the hands of her uh, evil baby daddy who has popped back on campus. But, you know, like every soap, I feel like there's room to grow, but yep. it's watchable, and it doesn't feel like I, I, can't, I, I can't take a minute of this, you know, the way, um, you know, Holly, uh, EastEnders during the Sean O'Connor era runs or any soap during the Ian McLeod era. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, Lucy Allen's tenure has been fine. <laughs> it's yes, been it's fine. Yes, been, it's been okay. It hasn't, it hasn't been, you know, great. It hasn't been bad. It's just been kind of in that, in that because we're in COVID, they have to <laughs> do what they can with what they have. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what it sounds like. Because yeah. all the soaps are doing it. I don't hate it too much. And I'm interested in seeing what she's doing with the next year. And honestly, looking at some of the action she's taking, Girlfriend is a woman after my own heart. She has gotten rid of that damn hutch. I did not like the hutch at all. You know I still do not really care for Tony. So any story that involves him being taken down a peg or two, I'm good with. I didn't have time for Celeste. I really don't have time for Toby. I'm really still mad about my OG love days being pushed off the canvas for these new dudes. I mean, I'm still mad at Claire Devine's sister running around these streets when Claire Devine is dead. So, look, getting rid of Celeste, uh, I could bye. Care, I could care less about either one. So yep. there you go. <laughs> getting rid of Celeste, bye. See ya. Uh, Maxine's mama, I did not like her from minute one. Nope. Uh, pushing her off the camp, great. See ya. So, some of the decisions she's making, and when, when neutral producers come to soaps when i see them getting rid of characters that get on my nerves i'm like okay we're, we're speaking the same language <laughs> so then, I see then, her. then they bring on interesting and like i the first person i like that she brought on was lizzie so i, I i'm just like dude this chance williams family is gonna be fun i love them yeah, <laughs> so i totally get it yeah. So I, I'm I'm willing to give her tenure a shot, and I think we'll probably have quite a few watchable moments in Hollyoaks over the next year or so. Cross fingers, we will see what happens. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. 
If you have any questions about Hollyoaks or there ends up being something that we did not talk about today that you would have liked us to have discussed, head over to britishsoappodcast.tumblr.com to shoot us an ask or hit us up on the Twitterations at UK Soap Podcast. All right, baby girl, we are in Chester talking Hollyoaks. So let's start with those with the hails in this accent I have decided to do for the next 30 seconds. I'll go yes. <laughs> what did Hollyoaks do to make you say, What the hell am I? I'm a up. I hate Becky and I hate Ollie and I hate them together. <laughs> First of all, that's not Ollie. Oops. <laughs> well, let's just go, I hate Becky and I hate fake Ollie. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, he's a teenager that this woman, this woman has to be what? Maybe there's an age gap. There has to be a somewhat realistic age gap between the two of them. And she's just brainwashing him with all this crap and he she went and said we're gonna go destroy the pharmacy at the hospital i'm like what the hell is this why would you go and do such a stupid thing and then it's like oh because everybody online says it's the right thing to do i'm just like Dude, if I listened to what everybody online told me to do, I'd be living on the streets with nothing but a sign that says homeless, give me money. Yeah, say that, baby. <laughs> you know. <laughs> now, you know, I love Sister Girl who plays Becky, right? That is our, Oh, I do too. That's, that's I our, <laughs> our queen from uh, Coronation Street. I love Katie McGlynn. I have loved her since her days on Coronation Street, and I am very glad that she has popped up on um, on uh, Hollyoaks. I kind of feel like her, how I feel about Robbie Roscoe now being on EastEnders. I don't care how wrong she is, she could do no wrong. Oh, <laughs> because, no. Because uh-uh. I, I loved her so much Absolutely on the other not. show, right? I don't now, care. Now, I did too. I hear no. you. I know where you go, but I, let me give give validation. So, the story that the the role she has on that show is very um, tailored towards these times. Uh, she obviously is playing the COVID denier character, right? Because that's what's happened since this pandemic has started. There are a um, you know group of people, and you know they were here prior to you know, COVID-19, very anti-vaccination, don't want to have their kids vaccinated, thinking, you know, a lot of conspiracy theories about um, the hospital's involvement in vaccines, and thinking that they are doing the quote-unquote right thing by preaching their version of truth to other people, which can inspire them not to get vaccinated and or to do drastic things to um, save people from these scary vaccines, right? 
But, you know, in a time when, you know, case rates, I know where you and I live, are going through the doggone roof, more and more people are dying, and the news you're hearing that our numbers are worse now than they have ever been, right? Pointing out that these people are dangerous, I think is very important, right? Yeah. Um, I'm hearing, I think I heard yesterday in California, they're even working to pass a law that allows, I think, 12-year-olds and up to get vaccinated without their parents' consent. Because what's happening is some parents are refusing to allow their uh, children, middle school age, high school age children, to get the vaccine. And, of course, that's leading to more kids getting sick and ending up in the hospital, you know. So I appreciate Hollyoaks uh, taking on the story. I think for a time, like, I don't remember too much mentioning of COVID happening when Hollyoaks first came back from break, but I'm seeing with this new producer, it's being mentioned a lot more, which I think mm-hmm. is, you know, cool because, you know, let's not pretend that the shit doesn't exist. You know, let's not pretend that this does not exist. Uh, we are living with and dealing with this every day. And so I think, you know, because of that, it's going to bleed into every story, kind of the way that uh, Trump saying, um, make America great again. I think it was Cindy Cunningham who uttered a make Hollyoaks great again during his tenure in office, right? Those kind of things bleed in the story. But I think... Mm-hmm. These days, with case rates going up here, case rates going up and down in the UK, I think it's important to let young people know what kind of minds are out there so that they can protect themselves from that misinformation, right? Because, you know, there are people who hear people who talk like Becky by what they're saying, and they can be adults like Diane, they could be young teens like New Ollie. And because they pay attention to those things, Maybe they don't protect them, their families. Maybe they don't protect themselves. Maybe that leaves the community, um, you know, at a loss. And I think they they even gave Becky some grounding. I think part of what's driving her is I think the loss of her husband. I think is what's going on in the story. Even though, and I think you're justified in her in in the rage you feel towards her. Even though, um, you know, Hollyoaks is very clear in its messaging that. You know, though what she's doing is not good for this community at all. I appreciate them grounding, you know, that that uh, all that she's doing in something real, which is her grief over the loss of her husband. So, of course, she's talking and, and believing all these these wild things. She is not dealing appropriately with the death of her husband, right? And I think yeah. you have to think, you know, if you know, I know this is teen, so maybe people aren't thinking about all this. But I mean, if you're going to present that story, I think it's it's fair to humanize these individuals because everybody out here that believes that is not some person who is accidentally blowing up a doggone, uh, you know, community space, right? Some people really are just caught up in their grief and they don't understand. And they think they're doing the right thing. And I feel like Hollyoaks is using that character to kind of, uh, you know, lay, lay that message out in, in an interesting way. So, yes, she's a mess. I still love her. And I think Katie is doing a good job. I don't know how long she's going to be on this show, although I guess she has come up pregnant. So maybe she'll hang on for a little bit. But I think it'll be very interesting to see what Hollyoaks does with uh, with that character. Yeah. Are you, but you over her, you ready for her to go, mom? <laughs> oh, dude, I, 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 I've been over her since her husband died of 5G brain cancer. <laughs> so. 
I, I hated her from the second she walked down the screen. It's like I love the actress. Mm-hmm. I love what she did on Corey. I, I the core is it? Yeah, no. She she is not she is not Aaron. And I hope she gets the same sort of treatment that Aaron got on EastEnders, but that's beside the point. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, she ended up getting arrested, so I'm I'm all for that. Yeah. But uh, I mean, she deserved that arrest for that lame story, which is also on my what the hell's the whole making a mess in a pharmacy. I just yeah. thought that was a lame way to try to make a point because medical centers big hospitals they get shipments all the time so okay they're short for a day or two their their stock's gonna be replenished like what are you doing that's a lame that is a lame uh plan so i thought that was just that was silly (laughs) shucks what other what other what the hells did you have for hollyoaks i've mentioned this a lot at the beginning but i absolutely despise the Maya or Maya or whatever the heck her name is because nobody else can say it either. <laughs> Ethan's storyline where Ethan lets Darren go finally at the end. We haven't watched the whole start of the quote-unquote kidnapping yet, but uh, we saw the end. And I did not like her on Christmas sneaking in and saying, oh, I didn't say I was going to infiltrate their family. I said I was going to infiltrate a family. I'm just like, what now? <laughs> it's just like, dude, no, I, I don't I don't need her. And then she was stupid and she shot herself and she's now dead and I am now happy. So there's, there's not really much to say about her early. I'm glad she's dead. I'm glad she has no ties to the village anymore. I'm glad all of her is gone. She can just, entire storyline can just calm itself down and Ethan can, you know, be a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, I actually pulled up the wiki while I was watching the story because I was trying to understand what was motivating her. So even reading the wiki, apparently she's only been on the show for a month. She was only, you know, well, you know, till a little over a month. Her first air date was the first of December, and she was done, you know, in you know the recent episodes we saw, um, or the ones that are coming up because there's a, you'll see. <laughs> but uh, all it says here is like, her and Ethan were robbing something. And Darren arrived at the place they were robbing and was taken hostage. So Maya um, ordered Ethan to kill Darren. But see, the, th- the reason I went to this is because I was trying to understand the motivation. Like, apparently Darren had something to do with someone in her family, but I don't know who. And this Wikipedia does not say who in her family Darren supposedly hurt. So I'm like, why is she so focused on Darren? I don't understand this. This makes no sense whatsoever. So I also I also saw that she was related somehow to uh, Fergus. Yeah, she's too. Fergus's like, she boss. Was boss or something. So I just I just I didn't understand the motivation. I mean, I thought the actress was good, but it, it was just 
it was confusing. So, yeah, I don't know if, if Hollyoaks ever plans to clear up what was going on with her, but uh, I guess I'd be interested just to, you know, clear the thread of why she was so focused on getting rid of Darren, because that just seems odd. Um, but I had another beat of that story that I had for my what the hell, and that was Nancy shrugging off that Darren was kidnapped. I mean, Darren was gone for months. He comes back home. He tells Nancy the reason I, the truth, the reason I haven't been here is because some crazy person kidnapped me and I had to escape. And Nancy is acting like she doesn't live on a soap where that has happened multiple times and that she hasn't been the victim of kidnapping herself. She just gave it Darren like that was the most ridiculous thing to say in the, on earth like 50 times a year on Hollyoak somebody has a kidnapped. And I was just like, what is she doing? Like, why is she being so ridiculous in, in saying... No, you you couldn't have done that. That's the stupidest story I ever heard. It's like the year before Tony was gone for almost a year. People thought he was dead. I mean, that girl's been on the show at least since 2006-7 because I've been watching that whole time and she's been there the whole time. So I'm like, what? And it was just, it was just ridiculous. And even when uh, Ethan pops by the house, surprises Jack and Darren, and, you know, helps, you know, Jack understand, oh, Darren was right about this. There was no scene where, like, Jack told Nancy, hey, some dude was just at our house, and I think Darren is about this. D D Nancy's still walking around like, oh, there was a liar. How could he lie about being kidnapped? That's the stupidest thing that ever happens. It was just, it was just totally on my nerves. Yeah. That's all I got. Did you have any thoughts about Nancy not believing Darren, or did you think it was believable that she didn't believe him? I, I spent most of it laughing, to be honest. Because mm -hmm. I was like, every time I turn on Hollyoaks, it doesn't matter whether it's the past or the future or the now. She's always saying about how she doesn't want to be with Darren anymore over something stupid. So mm -hmm. I spent most of the time just laughing. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> And it wasn't until it finally got through her head when, you know... Uh, oh, girl had a syringe to her neck? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm going to pretend to be a midwife and, you know, walk into your house and say, I'm a midwife, I'm doing a checkup on you. Yeah, no. <laughs> that, that, that was, yeah, no. <laughs> I was just like, dude, no, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with this. Yeah. <laughs> it was silly. Goodness. Did you have any final what the hell's for the Hollyukes? I do. And I think it was just like a throw on thing just to get Maxine's mom off the canvas, mm -hmm. which I'm okay with because I didn't like her from the second she stepped on. Dave is Maxine's dad. Oh yeah. And they had a relationship. I'm like, dude. Did you, did you really just have to throw that out for no particular reason other than you needed that little itty-bitty little thing to make Maxine, you know, have a storyline again? 
because it seems like she's the most storyline character with the stupidest stories I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, I will give it this. I appreciate that Max that Maxine now has a full family on the show. Like it full, feels like when um, uh, Perry and Leela and Steve's uh, dad and all that were introduced on the show uh, around a long-term character, and that was Steve, right? So mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And, you know, I didn't like Maxine's mom, and I thought that that was going to be like a long... I didn't realize that the actress playing her was leaving the show, so I thought the thing about the dad was going to be this long-term thing where it's going to be like he's pinging back and forth between his wife and Maxine's mom. But then I realized she was leaving. I'm like, oh, okay, well, then Maxine still has a full family of like, you know, two sisters, two brothers, and an uncle, and dad, and a, you know, mother, stepmother who knew about her existence, you know? Yeah, it's like, that was a a cool thing about it, too, is the fact that rather than Oh, there's another kid you don't know about. Oh, you mean her? I was like, really? She well, said he said something. <laughs> the fact that they're there to help drive story, I think, is is cool because what's happened is Kaleo's got rid of a character tied to Maxine that I didn't like, and Kaleo's now has her linked to a family where I'm pretty much like everybody in the mm-hmm. in the family so i think yep. that'll be a mo- more interesting journey and even when maxine met her dad who i just want to keep calling cam uh, is he dave is that his name on the show <laughs> dave's his name yeah okay so i'm gonna call dave uh, the carrier i'm gonna call uh, cam <laughs> dave or dave cam <laughs> dave the cam boy <laughs> so uh the, when maxine met her daddy dave the cam boy <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, you know, and what? I and I think it would be cute if Dave the Camboy had a cam storyline, but anyway. <laughs> but they had chemistry. Maxine had chemistry with Dave the Camboy. So you know, she can help him set up his cam shows. <laughs> Give him some tips. <laughs> you know. So they they click as 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 a uh they click together, that actor and actress. So I'm interested in seeing how that goes. And he seemed genuinely interested when he first met her, but then he's also doing that standoffish thing, which, you know, got worn on his ass, uh, as well as Maxine, like, not wanting anything to do with him, which I thought was fire. So I think her tie to that family is going to be much more interesting than whatever they were doing with that dance instructor person who was just a mess. So, yeah, it's it's strange, but... I'm I'm interested in seeing what happens with it, you know? So. Yeah, because it was like the only reason he was really standoffish with her is because his other kids don't know. So it's yeah. not like, uh, it's like his wife knows, but he hasn't told the rest of his family. I mean, it's understandable, but I just thought that, that you know, throwing it out there just for an exit storyline was kind of stupid. Yeah, I was kind of, you know, I thought it was kind of BS how he, he said it. He could have been like, this is the daughter of one of my 
good friends and mentioned that he knew old girl. But, you know, the way he kind of did it was just, you know, she's just nothing. And I hope she don't want nothing from me because I ain't got no money for no charity and there's nothing I have for you. I was just like, that was kind of lame after you obviously were happy to see her and got her hopes up, you know. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So since I, I guess I've decided to go back and forth with what the hell is for you, I will say my final what the hell here, which is. Uh, Dave the Camboy, like who I know as a serial killer. <laughs> I'm sticking with that nickname now. <laughs> I know him as the Emmerdale serial killer Cameron. So it is so odd for me to see him as this family man. Like it's it's just it's odd. It'd be like if Silas was on I don't know EastEnders being a loving grandfather. It's weird. <laughs> it's Feel weird. Feeling. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Ooh, what if Phelan was like Phil Mitchell's long lost brother or something? Now that would be something. That would be funny. Yes. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's just a what the hell because you know for those of us that watched Everdale, like we saw that dude kill a bunch of people and ping pong between Chaz and Debbie. So it's just it's so odd to see him on Hollyoaks at like of a family and it's like okay <laughs> okay who are you about to kill bro like if they turn him into a serial killer i will not be surprised in the least <laughs> well, he's, he's, he's too happy now it's weird it is weird <laughs> it's so weird i mean i i'd like him but yeah. it's really weird yeah. <laughs> and he's not a cop he's a carrier his son's a cop Okay, he's a is he a, a male guy? He's UPS a male guy? guy. Okay, cool. yeah, he's basically a UPS guy. His youngest son is a cop. Gotcha. Yeah, the one that I thought was gay, but then he was talking about a girlfriend. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was like, okay. I mean, I need somebody. He was with he was with Celeste for a hot second, I guess. Ooh, okay. That's... <laughs> interesting okay <laughs> yes let's move right along <laughs> so um, let's jump to scenes of the week and actually i didn't write this one down but we've talked about this one and i will just add it girl i like lizzie lizzie is great like she is excellent the actress is great she has so much damn presence i think she's cute as hell i think sid is an idiot to be wanting the best with uh, the other sister over this girl. She is oh, a, she is a, just energy and fantasticness and beauty. I love her. I need her to stay on the show forever. What you think? You, you see, I actually like Serena better because I actually know how Sid ended up liking Serena. Hmm. And I mean, every yeah. time he texts Serena, I guess her name is, she's like, uh-huh, go talk to my sister. I'm like, yeah, really? <laughs> you know? <laughs> So, you know, I don't know. I guess if that's not going to be, she could get with Romeo or something to piss uh, Mercedes off, you know. But I need Lizzie in a storyline that sees her happy and in love and having a good time and having a lot of uh, story. Because the girl is fantastic. Yes, I, I absolutely enjoy her presence, seeing her and Sid get along. Yeah. And I love the fact that they're finally giving, like I said earlier in the beginning i love that they're giving sid something to do that isn't crying about how his like hurt and and you know how you know i mean like i understand but at the same time it's just like now that you know 
he's got somebody and he's not using the crutches as much and and he's able to move around more and he seems more happy and you know it's just like it's it's nice to see him with somebody who genuinely cares because even after you know a two-week period you can tell that they actually genuinely care about each other even though he has feelings for serena too I just don't want her to be another Tegan, where the storyline is her getting dumped for the quote-unquote pretty sister. I'm I'm over that. You know what I'm saying? The Serena girl, she just seems very reserved, and that's fine, (laughs) but I I don't think it's as interesting as the Lizzie's. So, um, yeah, I I don't know what they plan to do with that, but if it's going to be... Sid being born with Serena, I need them to give Lizzie a quality love interest that can keep her on the screen. You know, because she's a she's a Kim Fox. Like she she's somebody who is is energy, who can steal scenes, who I bet can handle any story thrown at her. And so I need her to have have her time and not spend too much time heartbroken. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that. Hit us with your first scene of the week, Miss Lens. You know. At the beginning of her tenure, I hated Marnie Nightingale more than anybody in the world. And when she died, talking to the person she spent most of the show hating, and then you have James walking out, watching them try to resuscitate her, and then going all crap on them. Say, dude, why didn't you save my mom? The last conversation I had with my mom was a fight. You know, it's just like, I loved James. It wasn't so much the Marnie stuff as it was everyone afterwards. Mm -hmm. Because you got that. Because, let's be fair, nobody liked Marnie in the beginning. Everybody thought Marnie was a stuck-up cow. And then it was just like, she, you know became a big part of the community and she had her little cute cafe that I wish she would stop speaking French every three words, but that's beside the point. (laughs) 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 But it's just like, she grew to be like a big member of the community. She had Mizbah. She she went through the whole sexual assault thing with Mizbah. They became really good friends. She... She should have went and got her head looked at, but she was like, no, dude, I'm fine. It's okay. And I'm just like, uh-huh. <laughs> That's what Ziggy said, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was just like, I, I, as the other two people who died, Silver, uh, you know, Silver and uh, uh, Celeste, that neither of us particularly cared for in any way, shape, or form, at least Marnie had a little bit of character development throughout the time she was on the show, while Celeste and Silver really didn't. And they were just kind of, oh, we're just going to stand by our person and hope for the best. And then as soon as, you know, she he finds out that Mercedes sleeps with Romeo, that's when, you know... <laughs> He decides, oh, this is a woman to leave. But, I mean, like, I really 
liked her character development, and I liked that her last words were actually to Donna Marie, and how she said that you have brought the family together, and I'm glad you're, she's basically, you know, lifting your spirits up a little bit, which is something that Marnie hasn't done to much of anybody. <laughs> and it was just like, Donna Marie finally had something substantial to say, and she died in her arms, and I was like, oh my god, dude, no. <laughs> and I mean, yes, it was lame. It was one of the lamer deaths we've seen in a while. But I thought it was rather, you know, I thought it was a rather good one at the same time because, you know, she was explaining herself almost, if that makes sense. I thought you were the worst person, blah, 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 but, and then, you know, I, I thought it was rather well done. I've liked Lisette Anthony from the beginning. Like, Lisette Anthony has screamed to me, old school soap opera actress. Yes, she's over the top. Yes, she chews up every goddamn scene that is in the show. Even in her last little exchange with with uh, her son, she was doing the absolute most. And I think it's fantastic because I think that there's something about that classic soap actress, right? Uh, maybe that's more for the U.S. crowd, right? The classic, over the top, theater-based soap actress that element is missing on soaps and i appreciated how she manifested that on hollyoaks for um all these years um now in real life now it was it saddened me to know that she was caught up in that uh i think that was the weinstein bullshit so i think he sexually harassed her she was on the news uh talking about that and i i hated that for her and i've always felt for her more because of that and I'm looking up some stuff just a few moments ago on her. I see that apparently there was some uh, tension between her and the actress that played Lisa Loveday over racial stuff. And, you know, that's that's a shame as well. You know, but listen, I don't think that there's any denying that, you know, Marnie Nightingale was a force to be reckoned with on that show. She is definitely one of the most memorable actresses on Hollyoaks. And I really appreciate it towards the end, um, they, them tying her significantly to Mispa, especially in that sexual harassment storyline. Because what I'm going to call out as uh, one of my scenes of the week is the scene with Mispa and Morning where uh, they are talking about um, sexual assault, you know, in England in modern times. Mispa is trying to beat herself up. And this conversation I appreciated because this is a conversation I felt was totally absent except for one throwaway line back when John Paul had his rape storyline and he as a teacher chose not to report that abuse which led to uh, Nancy being attacked and I think one other uh, one other uh, person on the show, damn near being raped by uh, his rapist. But Misba uh, was beating herself up and saying, well, sh if I had opened my mouth and I had spoken, he would not have been able to do this to other women, right? 
So I think that's a conversation that needs to be had. I know if you go back and listen to me on How the Oaks podcast eight years ago, I had almost no sympathy, or 10 years ago, I had almost no sympathy for uh, John Paul because I was just like, you are a teacher. As a teacher, your duty is to protect those children. You open your mouth and you go and tell somebody if you're raped in your classroom, you do not keep that to yourself. I was very hard on that. But because of the way EastEnders portrayed Linda's rape, and her choice to be quiet because she felt like, you know, if I go and speak on this, my husband is going to kill his brother. And she didn't want to want to make that situation happen. And I felt that um, that helped me shift a little bit of what I was thinking. And then I've seen over the years some real life, uh, you know, news articles, documentaries on women who have reported their rape and then I've been believed. So then they're feeling stupid because I've reported this thing and nothing is being done, you know. And even in, in the, the, the stats that were cited, so in this scene, uh, I think it was the actress that said, Miss said this. So basically, one in five women experience, I think this is in the UK, experience sexual assault starting from age 16. So 20% of women, women one in five. And then... Yep. 85% of women in England and Wales don't even report. Well, I mean, if the message given to women, and let me say men as well, who are sexually assaulted is, it's your fault, you're a slut, why were you drinking, why were you wearing that, why were you with this person? Of course they internalize all that and they think it's their fault. And then they don't want to go to the police and talk about it because they feel ashamed. And I think that's a valid uh, that's a valid concern, right? And I'm not going to sit up here, you know, I didn't have these stats those years ago when I was talking about this, but I'm not going to okay. sit up here and say 85% of people that are sexually assaulted are trash for not reporting. No, I get it. Because the system does not always have these people's backs. So it's it's they don't always feel like they can trust it enough to go out there and, you know, reveal their sexual assault. The same way that people do not trust the healthcare system so that everybody is not out here getting these vaccines, you know. But I felt like the way Halios did that scene was so good. And I'm watching this realizing I am watching the, the actress who plays Mispa, who is doing a solid job in that role, sitting across from a woman who was sexually assaulted in real life, having this conversation. And what is Lisette Anthony as Marnie Nightingale sitting there doing? She is being supportive, and she is saying, no, you do not fault yourself for this. This is your experience. And I get yep. that you are frustrated, and I get that you are trying to take the blame, but that is not on you. That is on your rapist. And I was like, fantastic you know it, it came the conversation came later than than i wanted it to interesting that a woman right is in charge of hollyos and i'm gonna give lucy allen this there are some good conversations being had about life as a woman that i yep. don't feel have been on hollyos really had on hollyos with brian kirkwood as a producer there's another scene i'm thinking of i can't exactly remember right now it's gonna come back to me and i'll talk about it at that point but this conversation in particular was fantastic and you know i don't know what's messaging you like you know actress that plays miss needs to be getting some british soap awards that was oh, one of quite a few scenes that she's had during this sexual assault storyline that have just been phew, knocking it out of the park you know so i'm gonna miss lisette because i think yes she's been over the top this morning but you know also that that connection between her and the actress that played james 
fantastic. How she yep. handled herself during most of the Max storyline and the aftermath, fantastic. And yes, Beautiful. she's a woman of a certain age. She has some opinion that you piss people off. I get it. But listen, sister's gone through some things. And I think at her age, she has the right to feel how she feel. And <laughs> I will just leave it at that. You know what I'm saying? So yep. I wish her the best. I hope if she does have any negative thoughts, I hope that all that gets resolved. But I'm going to miss her on the show because I think she's a force to be reckoned with. And I think that show is going to be uh, missing something significant with with her gone, you know? Yeah, I agree because, like I said, didn't like her at first. And then she grew on me. Mm-hmm. And, and the character development that she's had throughout her time on the show was incredible. 100%. So it's just like, it's just like yeah, I, I, I love her and... Like you said, I hope she does something awesome later and and wish her the best <laughs> in her 100%. future endeavors. <laughs> 100%. So my last scene of the week is just a little twist I didn't exactly see coming. You know, Mercedes is there <clears throat> telling her son about the death of his, air quotes, daddy. <laughs> and... You know, she's so sad about it. And Bobby, I'm I'm sorry. I have to tell you, your dad is, he's dead. And Bobby's so, so sad about it. And he's hugging his mom. And then the next thing you know, we get in the flashback. And homeboy's sitting there with Silver asking for help. And he like, punk, you was about to leave us. Ain't nobody helping you. Bye. (laughs) And then he runs outside. It's like... Mommy, mommy, I'm so sad. I don't know where Silver is, but I'm so sad. Oh, it's so tragic. <laughs> he just let Silver die. So here, just like on EastEnders, although the EastEnders version has been recast and he's now Muslim and fantastic, <laughs> but we have another evil Bobby. So I appreciate the introduction of Bobby Beale into the Hollyoaks campus. <laughs> that is... <laughs> My last. To be fair, though, none of the Costellos were really all that nice to start with. So. Yes, they were. Jason was nice. Jason, Jason was probably the only nice one. Let's be fair. And then, so I know there was the little douchey one who ended up being Silas's pawn. And then what the little footballer boy wasn't he nice too? I liked him. Oh well, yeah, Riley was too. I guess. Yeah. But I think the others were douchey. The dad, the Both dad was douchey. Carl, yeah, like <clears throat> Bobby's dad was Carl. So mm-hmm. there you go. <laughs> and I mean, who is his grandpappy? <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not like it, it's not like you're missing out on much. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it would be nice. Wasn't there a time when like Silas was mentoring Bobby for a little bit? I thought that was yeah. part of that sort. See. I, if this brings back a return of Silas, I'll be so happy. <laughs> so happy. I miss him <laughs> so much. All right. So with that, I guess we'll say I'm at Brother Soap. And I'm at Lindsay Amanda. Thank you all so much for listening. Get vexed. Wear a mask. Don't let COVID kick your ass. Bye.